Religion, 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 religion. Chicago is known in part for the performing arts forms which it has nurtured from embryonic stages into worldwide phenomena. House music, improv comedy, slam poetry, among others, more or less started and were developed here. Add to that list now a new form called live lit, or live literature. This is exactly what you think it is, writers reading their stories on stage for live audiences. Of course, staged readings are nothing new, but the term live lit is. And its most distinguishing factor is that it is done typically at a bar where the audience is drinking beer and snacking on fried food. In the fall of 2013, I attended such an event and presented a piece called A Still Small Scratching. I don't know if you've ever been to jail, but one of the the first things that we jailbirds notice is, well, we're stuck. Now this, of course, is self-evident, but you don't really know what this is like until it happens to you. It means that your time is not your own. It means you took a chance on a shortcut to an easy reward and you lost. Because you weren't as clever nor as special as you thought. It means that if you had it to do over again, you probably wouldn't have done the things that led to this, which, in my case, were the things I did in the late 1990s that led to a routine DUI. I came to on a metal bench in a giant cage with a metal toilet. My cellmate was on the toilet, doing his business. A middle-aged construction worker type, baseball cap, plaid shirt, jeans around his ankles. Our eyes met. He looked at me with a bovine, gum-chewing expression like, yeah, I'm taking a shit, what are you going to do about it? I rolled my eyes in disgust, mostly at myself. Then I rolled over and drifted back to sleep. When I woke up, he was gone, and I was alone with my regrets. Flashback. A few hours before, I was bragging to a cop, you're going to arrest me? Cool, I've always wanted to know what it was like to be in jail. Flash forward, back to that jail cell, I was crying like a baby, rattling the bars of my crib, and screaming, Let me out! Let me out! (laughs) Cut to a dozen years later, alright? It's Halloween weekend, and I'm raking leaves on a windy day. Why would anyone even try to rake leaves on a windy day? It's a good question, right? Surely I can't be the only one here who's ever tried to rake leaves on a windy day. The reason I was raking leaves on a windy day was that I had fallen into some kind of poverty hole during the recession, never mind how, and unable to find any kind of full-time employment despite a master's degree and a long entrepreneurial resume, I was working three part-time jobs. One of these was managing this rundown two-unit rental house in Lakeview. And this was the only time slot I had for that week to take care of the leaves. For the third time, I raked the same leaves into the same pile in that dog toilet of a backyard. And the third time I reached for the hefty bag, a gust of wind scattered the leaves back from whence I had gathered them. Now, you may think I was being paranoid, but it really did seem to me that there was some force doing this to me on purpose. The other two times it was done to me, I had cursed at the elements like a rapper. But this time, I simply shrugged, and to the swirl of gray clouds getting meaner by the minute, I said out loud, Why? I mean, what are you getting out of this? (laughs) 
And why me? Why not some third world dictator or Republican? <laughs> I let go of the rake in the hefty bag. The rake flopped to the ground. The bag took off in a whirlwind and stuck to the side of a tree. Cakes of leaves and dog feces were stuck in my boots. I scraped them off on one of the steps of the back porch. Then I lit a cigarette and called a man named Jan. <laughs> I called him Jan the man because whenever I referred to my friend Jan, most people assumed I was talking about a woman. Some people end up having long names out of necessity. In his case, it was Jan the man, not a woman, but a man named Jan. <laughs> but I digress. Jan the man is a philosophy professor. Now, I called him about once a week. We were in the habit of beginning our phone conversations exactly where we had left off the week before without saying hello or anything. Mm. So, I started, a guy named Pussyfoot, Sissyfuss, whatever. He rolls the same boulder up the same hill over and over again for all eternity. <laughs> Hysterical, isn't it? Yes, I'm laughing right now on the inside. We talked for about 20 minutes. Essentially, I was feeling stuck in my economic situation. After a year and a half of working with recruiters and sending out resumes and interviewing for skilled labor positions and working with staffing agencies and networking online for unskilled labor positions, I was still having to beg for loans and donations from friends, acquaintances, and even strangers on Facebook. People I had known for years, people I had gone to college with, people I had vacationed with when I had money, fine Christian people who gave monthly to fly-covered African kids, people I had loaned money to when they needed it had mysteriously gone MIA. The people who were still in my life had either already given all they could or were as poor as I. I knew that I wasn't the only person going through this. There were thousands and thousands of people across America and around the world going through this kind of meltdown and worse. I wished that I could somehow get out of myself and help those people. Perhaps we could help each other, but since every bit of my time and energy was being spent searching for and worrying about money, I had nothing to give. I was stuck and I didn't see a way out. Furthermore. My anxiety level was preventing me from thinking clearly. So, what does Monsieur Camus recommend for this overwhelming sense of futility? I asked Jan the man. Fuck Camus, he said. This is me speaking now, and I know you well enough to know that your creativity is what makes you tick. Keep doing it. Don't stop because you don't have the time or the money or whatever. Just a few minutes a day. Oh yeah, and uh, love people. Get involved. Involved? Yes, keep investing in other people's lives. Ours is a disease of isolation. Jan, I try so hard to connect with people. Keep trying. There was a pause, then he said. And all this is what Camus would tell you, by the way. <laughs> and that was pretty much all we had to say for that week. So I collected the rake. The hefty bag had disappeared. I descended into the basement of this Adams family wreck, and that's when it began, the scratching. At first, I thought the house was creaking, but the scratching was metallic. Then I thought maybe we had squirrels in the heating ducts. I was in no mood for this, so I packed up my gear and left. But the scratching persisted in my mind. Chick, 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 
scratch, scratch, scratch. Something was causing that scratching, something alive. It's possible that a nest of bunnies was scratching around in the mulch around the house, but it's also possible that a squirrel was trapped in a duck. So I went back. After a fair amount of poking and knocking in and around the basement door, I surmised that the scratching was coming from the bottom of a vertical aluminum duct that connected the gutters to an underground drainage system. With a small saw, I cut across the duct about a foot above the ground, praying to God that whatever was in there would have the sense to stay below the saw. <laughs> then I used a flathead screwdriver to pry open the incision enough so that I could see what was inside. I didn't have to look too hard. A black beak poked out and squawked, Hey, get me out of here! All right, all right, I replied, but move down so I can make the hole bigger. He did. <laughs> as soon as I had cut all the way across the duck and pulled the top section away, he hopped up onto the edge. It was a grackle, a cackling grackle, shiny black with purple and blue around his neck. You okay? I said. I assumed he would fly away immediately, but he remained perched on the edge of the duck for a minute, telling me about his harrowing experience. <laughs> this is bullshit, man. I got family to feed. He hopped down into the yard. Within a minute, he was pulling a worm up out of the ground and gobbling it down. He turned around, facing me. Then he flew off into the gathering storm. That's it. Oh.